We're back, we think, here on the Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro, and I'm drinking an improved whiskey cocktail, which I've had before on the show. It is an old-fashioned with a little bit of absinthe. I don't have any absinthe at the moment, so it's just an herb saint wash and a little bit of maraschino with the usual other accoutrements. It is a redemption rye. Sorry, it's not redemption rye. I decided to use up a little more, more of that 125 proof 1792 that I have in the house. But the lovely cocktail gets the job done. And getting the job done with me this week, just the two of us in New Jersey, is Patty Jones. Patty, what are you drinking? Just the two of us. Um, I've got a whiskey cocktail too. I've got a Manhattan. I've made it a little bit spicier than usual. I've put a bit of orange in it and I've squeezed a bit of uh, the orange juice. A bit of um, simple syrup to sweeten up a bit. Mm. Well, how sweet it is. We don't have any matches for you. <laughs> so, oh, sure, it's a good thing. Yeah. It's a good thing nice. to have a Chef West podcast without any matches to review. It is ideal in a lot of cases. <laughs> so Got the football out of the podcast. <clears throat> so instead, we will cover the latest managerial rumors, transfer news, and preview the Everton match, which I assume is still happening on Sunday. Uh, with my good friend and fellow Mets blogger and podcaster, Thomas Henderson. But first, it is the Wednesday News. Uh, we talked about this last week. Andre Green was officially announced in the interim. He had an interview explaining why he picked Sheffield Wednesday with currently doesn't have a manager and can't fill the squad. Was but, it convincing? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? What was his reasons? Uh, I didn't actually watch it, but I assume it was the usual stuff about us being a massive club patty he didn't say the m word i did notice that he yeah. said we were a big club and the um i was hoping some more insight into why he's taken why he's taken so long that's a good start to the podcast isn't it mm. uh why he's taken so long um to pick a club because he's been out of uh, contract for six months now um since villa didn't renew him uh but he just said he was taking his time picking the right club and apparently Sheffield Wednesday were that club, even though I, I believe we were linked with him in the summertime too. So I don't know what happened and why it didn't happen. Um, but essentially, he looks pretty fit. He's, he's buff. He hasn't really been slouching. Uh, obviously, he's not going to be match fit. Um, but I mean, They've, they've just it. opened the training ground, so who knows who's actually going to be match fit by Sunday. <laughs> join, the, join the club. Uh, <clears throat> But certainly, like I said last week, it's, it's, it's a position we need depth in. Uh, he's fast. He's got experience at um, youth level. He's shown a good promise. It, it's a really kind of a risk-free bet on my point. So he's not going to be on loads of wages, is he? So let's see what we can do. And also, like some of uh, like a lot of their summer signings, if you know something clicks for him here, he's very young still. You know, you're not getting a guy that's you know on the downside of his career at the sort of sort of the peak of his career. He could be. Uh, you know, it's just a different strategy instead of getting players in at sort of maximum, the point of maximum value, and then just not being able to do any business on the back end, as we've seen uh, in most yeah, cases. It's, it's, a, it's an 18-month contract, too. So mm-hmm. if he has a good sec- uh, half of this year, uh, we can be tying up to a longer contract and then either get some money from him. That's the best-case scenario, right? Either get some money from him or he stays mm-hmm. with him for a while and he's a good uh, asset for us. Um, if not, then he's gone in 18 months and we haven't paid that much money for him. So what is the, uh, what is the loss there? It seems like a, a good move. In other attempts to add to their depth on the wing, uh, Patty, it seems pretty clear at this point that, uh, 
Wednesday can't get Jacob Murphy back from Newcastle. But uh, correct. Did you, do you know he had a twin brother? <laughs> that feels like the conversation that might happen in the in the <laughs> Chan series office. <laughs> Uh, uh, so we can't get Jacob Murphy. He was really good in the Premier League. Yeah. Now. Is there anyone that looks exactly like him playing <laughs> same position? <laughs> uh, Josh Murphy has been linked with. Apparently, um, he's out of favour at Cardiff, which is uh, the kind of um, scope we do, we of our do like out of favour. <laughs> <laughs> we do like out of favour players at Cardiff. Yeah, we've just got a guy sat outside in Cardiff's car park saying, "Are you happy? Are you happy here? Are you sure? You could be happier in Sheffield Wednesday." Uh, it worked with Aidan Flint and Kadeem Harris. Um, I mean, yeah, we I've seen Josh Murphy uh, play a few times. He's, he's a very good player. Uh, I wouldn't say he's as good as Jacob Murphy, but he's certainly um, not far off it. Uh, it's weird to compare them both, and it's a weird situation that two twins are in the same <laughs> uh, position, almost in the same kind of uh, career. But um, yeah, I think it'd be great signing if we can get him. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it'll be a loan at this rate. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think we'll be paying money for him, but uh, let's see what happens. I think there's two other clubs in the championship, similar kind of area. I think it was QPR interested in, in someone else in our bottom half of the league looking at it. So maybe Jake is going to put a word in for us and we'll get Josh <laughs> in too. I mean, you know, it could never it hurt. I don't like, I don't know if Jacob Murphy enjoyed his time here. I'm sure it was, it always seemed fine. So I think he did, you know, because he, he was kind of inconsistent everywhere else he went. And when mm-hmm. he came to Wednesday, he actually, he got in a really good vein of form. So I, through luck, through luck, or by some kind of good management skills, um, yeah, he and, and now he's playing him. for the uh, only team with less attacking now than us. So, <laughs> yeah. well, I was listening to yeah, I was listening to a podcast um, who mentioned that they've seen him play quite a lot in for Newcastle, and he's he, he does quite well. And when I've seen him play, he's not getting a start every week, but he, when he comes on, he makes a difference. And it seems strange that Bruce, obviously, he's not really um, fancied by Bruce that much, but. He's done a good job of wing back. He's just got a job of winger too. So I'd love to get Jacob Murphy back, but that's not going to happen by the looks of it. One player that is coming back. Uh, we've. I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's so bad that I know that he's uh, already been here, and I still want to say James Marriott. <laughs> There's certainly something about this guy's name that's not rememberable because I was listening to the different gravy podcasts today, mm-hmm. and they want to call him Andy Marriott all the time. <laughs> goalkeeper in Sunderland so uh, James Andy Jack apparently we're stuck with Jack <laughs> uh, uh, and are you excited about this it's not really something that I, I, I don't feel like he got an opportunity and as we'll get to in a second I don't know if the new manager is going to pick him because I don't know who that new manager is <laughs> I don't know if Wednesday knows who the new manager is I think we expected by the time we were doing this podcast and one of the reasons we decided to do a podcast this week and not just do the Everton preview last week was that we thought that Wednesday would have a manager by now. And to be clear, they don't as of time of recording have a manager. It does kind of put the, the transfer window such as it is into a bit of disarray. I mean, as opposed to all of our other well-organized transfer windows, but yeah, I mean, it's more attacking bodies to throw at a, major problem in the squad so again maybe the new manager the right system the right something he has a track record at this level it is funny that darby who also needs goals i hope they've been scoring more lately keeps loaning him back to us (laughs) i like i said different gravy was this morning and they were really down on jack mario in a in a hilarious way they were he they weren't really up on him i don't i'm not necessarily that down on him 
certainly has he's had zero impact since mm. he's come on for us, but he was playing a terrible team. Uh, I think he has got something different to him than the rest of our strike force has. Um, he's probably a little bit similar to Josh Windass in that he plays off the shoulder a little bit and uh, uses pace. Um, but uh, yeah, we haven't seen anything in a Sheffield Wednesday shirt from him so far. But I don't necessarily, I'm not as down on him as some are. Um, and I think that with some service, maybe we'll see something out of him. And what, what we're going to lose is on, on loan. Like I say, we need some bodies, we need some choices, and it's looking less and less likely we're going to get much activity in this transfer window with no manager in. Even more winger depth uh, once they have added 19-year-old Callum Huxley, who is on trial with their under-23s from... Was it Wrexham? Was his last club before this, I think? Yeah, I think so. Sure. He's, I think he scored in his debut in the uh, uh, on 23s too. Uh, it's, a, it's a development squad signing. I, I, want, I put it in there because it was some signing and some <laughs> news. Um, but yeah, uh, Callum Huxley, welcome to Wednesday. Uh, and I don't know if this counts as breaking news, but as first reported by Owls Americast, possibly, you've done some research into whether or not Chelsea can actually w- recall... Is he Brown at this point? I think research is a bit of an overstatement. So we said last week that um, Izzy Brown was at the risk of being recalled by Chelsea. And that was the rumours last week. Mm-hmm. Um, we were uh, contacted by someone on Twitter. Um, Always a reliable um, source. Yeah, uh, ITK, maybe not. Just someone that does more research than we do. Um, saying that actually there's a, there's, a, there's a recall date deadline for uh, loanees. And that's usually in the middle of the month, January, which we are smack banging at the moment so uh there could be a kind of uh ticking uh clock on this one on when they could be recalled um i couldn't find the exact date i looked into his um contract details I looked in some articles online i couldn't find a date at all but if that's true um he could be staying by default uh because maybe the chelsea office is ringing our management hotline and there's no answers like i said used <laughs> to last week um but certainly it seems that uh that could pass, uh, and we might get away with keeping Izzy Brown. And again, I mean, I'm Chelsea gonna, I'm mention, like they're in utter disarray right now. So, I'm going to mention I'm going to mention different Gravy again because they were pretty harsh in Izzy Brown's performances this year. I mean, and I I still think he's got potential. To right. I, I mean, I get it. Like, outside of the first couple matches, he hasn't looked great, but he also hasn't been utilized well or much. So, no, it's I, difficult I think... to sort of evaluate what he could bring to the squad when in no way, shape, or form are Sheffield Wednesday playing to his strengths. I think we said when they brought him in, like, this is the kind of player you want to build your, you know, attacking midfield and sort of, you know, you know, final third of the pitch around the skills that he brings. And I think we still can. I don't know whether we can play Bannon and Izzy Brown at the same time. That's my, I think my big question here. I mean, you can always play, like, again... Going back to the glory days, such as they are here, when Wednesday were at their best, they were playing Bannon on the wing. Yeah, but uh, is, the only wingers we've got nowadays are wing backs. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure you can play Bannon as a wing back. Um, the where the wing backs we play is a very like four three three winger mm-hmm. role. Um, you, you can play Bannon in that deep role, um, but you need someone with him. It just makes us a little bit limited in that in that centre midfield, um, but I don't know. I, I I'd rather have Izzy Brown in my team on the was it the nineteenth of January we're on right now, mm-hmm. 
because we're 11 days away or 12 days away from the end of the transfer window and it doesn't look like we've got much better options coming through. So he might not have been great the first half of the season, but I know he's got potential. I know, uh, I feel like I'm singing the uh, Three Lions song, I know he can play. <laughs> um, so <sighs> I'd rather have him on my side. Uh, and I think with a new manager, he could get a new lease of life. So who will that new manager be, Patty? We don't know. Nobody knows. We, like I said, we, we, we are really struggling for news this week. Yeah. Um, and um, Do I need to put in the to... QI, nobody knows a sound effect for that? <laughs> let's go back to our odds checkers, shall we? Uh, mm. On the sack race. Great, let's go. Um, it's but... always good when you can do three weeks of podcasts with odds checkers. They still don't hire the manager. <laughs> That's our main source. <laughs> oh, God, this is the third week, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. We're not going to go through the whole thing again because there's not much new stuff in there. Mm-hmm. What is new, I think, that I don't think we spoke about last time. So the current favourite is Vladimir Ivich, um, who is the Watford guy who we alluded to last week. He yeah, is... he got linked. And I thought there was an interview where he had already spoken to Chancery and it didn't like go anywhere. So maybe. I don't think I mm-hmm. saw that interview. What I heard was... Um, that uh, there was reports in his own country that he'd been approached and offered the job. Uh, and that's why he might still be top of the odds at the time being. However, there's other reports on Twitter saying that he couldn't take the job because of the new Brexit uh, EU working laws, mm. that he hasn't worked in England long enough to get a visa. So you can't get jelly, you can't get gravy, and <laughs> you can't get uh, foreign managers. I believe we can get plenty of fish. <laughs> That's what <laughs> our main trade deal was about fish. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. Yeah. Anyway, but essentially it looks like if it, even though he's top of the list in the manager odds, uh, is likely a no, a no go. Can't legally, that's probably a bad bet if he can't legally take the job. Right. That, there's two, the top two, and maybe this is, this is as of the 19th of January, by the way, guys. Yeah. The top two managerial candidates have pretty much both been ruled out this week. Uh, Paul Cook is number two still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Paul Cook had a very interesting interview with I think it was Talk Sport this week, uh, where he said that he had had conversations. They'd approached him. He hadn't applied for it again, um, maybe because he got burned the first time. Uh, but someone had approached him, had a chat with him, uh, and he said that those conversations were no longer taking place. Um, so to, he didn't say it was over. He didn't say it, it is a very British way to put it, but yes. Yeah, he, did, he, he, was, he skirted around the subject, lots of text there. One of the subjects I think is the most important thing he said was that in the same conversation without alluding to Mr. Chancery, mm. he said that managers should be allowed to manage. Um, it feels like that they should have control over transfers. But this is a very, like, I think this is kind of like an old British manager trope in a lot of ways. And I don't even, you know, we don't, eventually we'll get James Allen back on this podcast. But James would say the way forward is actually more of a, you know, a first team coach with the director of football style. Right, but the director of football currently and scout and main CEO is Deepon Chansiri. <laughs> right, so like for the balance of the season, maybe you just, uh, yeah. Uh, so, so, so who's the, number three then? Well, let's just finish mm-hmm. off the Paul Cook thing because it seems, even though he's second favorite, three to one, uh, it seems like he's saying that he's ruling himself out. Mm-hmm. And the also not a good finished. bet. Not a good bet. Um the third place, the one I don't believe we've talked about yet, um, in uh, January 19th, and, uh, this is on sackrace.com. I, look, I'll actually get this podcast up tonight. I know you have to say the date, and I've been a little sloppy on that lately. But <laughs> That wasn't a dig. <laughs> uh, the third place uh, favorite is Darren Moore, the Doncaster Rovers manager. Oh, okay. That's new. 
Yeah, I think it is new. Uh, and he's had a good he's had a good um, stint, uh, Donny. Uh, he's been mm. there since um, mid uh, summer 2019, so he started the season 2019. Yeah, uh, he's got a win percentage of 44 percent, pretty much. Don't have uh, to pay relocation fees. <laughs> no, he's got a very short commute. Um, so yeah, and he's done well in his other job too. So before that, he was at West Brom for a little mm-hmm. bit, which I yeah. didn't realize. Um, it was there for about. Uh, he replaced a year. Alan Pardew, and like it was very well regarded there. Yeah, I think he got. Was it at the end when they were pretty much relegated? Or yeah, was, yeah, uh, yeah. So he had a good championship run, I believe, with them. And he had a forty-nine percent win rate at West Brom, but I think they went on a bad run towards the end of his um, spell, and that's when they got rid of him. Mm-hmm. So he, he had two jobs, managerial jobs. He's still quite a younger manager, um, but uh, I don't think that's a bad. Yeah, that's employment. Yeah. We, we, we are shipping and and kind of shopping in a kind of area of uh, the unknown right now. So uh, Darren Rose, third place place. I think he's more likely than Paul Cook and Ivich. Then after that, you're into the same suspects we've spoken about. So I won't mm. go too much into them. But number three right now is Neil Thompson. <laughs> I don't think we've talked much about Neil Thompson. Well, I mean, uh, we discussed it a few weeks ago while you were still in Merry Old England. Sort of the idea that. Do you want him, you know, a, a guy that knows the club, knows the squad from really top to bottom, has had pretty much every job there at Sheffield Wednesday at this point, plays a reasonably attractive style of football and a reasonably successful style of football so far. I mean, we're still, I suppose, in the new manager bounce window. It does feel like that will sort of be by default in a way i don't know if it's the worst possible outcome here though i really don't think it is looking at this list of uh absolute mugs that we've got on this uh <laughs> joey barton still on there like oh he's the next down the list mm. um i don't think it is that much of a bad choice anymore i know we, we only, we've only got a very limited amount of data on neil thompson obviously he's been with the club a long time but as far as first team management goes um very limited, but it's been positive, right? And that's all you can ask for. It's a little bit unlucky for him that we've had this COVID uh, postponements in the fact that he could have got a couple more wins in his belt against right. Coventry and Wickham. Uh, instead, what he's got is uh, an Everton away FA Cup game. If he wins that, <laughs> then, yeah, he's going to be in the conversation even more. You might see him overtake Paul Cook, who's already turned the job down. <laughs> <laughs> On the betting scale. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll be back here next week to discuss the Sheffield Wednesday well, manager odds. But for now, we will move on to those uh, canceled games because the commentary games are rescheduled for midweek next week. Yeah. Next Wednesday. It is the 19th, so I should know that by now since you've said it like four times. So a <laughs> week from tomorrow. Uh, and the Bournemouth game has been... Re- and they're like, look, it's going to be a very crowded fixture schedule the rest of the way, as it's going to be for all the championship teams. Yeah, it's a tough one, right? So if I was Chancery, I'm going to talk about the managerial link, I would be looking to try and get someone in um, this weekend, right? So you've got a, you've got a lot coming up. And do you, do you roll the dice with Neil Thompson for those the entire week? I feel like he's, he's really, he's taking his time and it's too much time. Um, and they've got a lot of six-pointers coming up too is the other thing. It's an important time. Yeah. I mean, this next two weeks is going to shape our season because we need to get players in. We need to win some games uh, in a row. Cup tie couldn't get less about it if we win or lose. Um, but yeah, 
we need to make some moves and he's, he's kind of dawdling a bit and the longer this goes on uh, the longer we're going to suffer I believe well Patty that was a wonderful preview for our next segment I don't care if we win or lose the cup tie which we'll now preview after the break <laughs> Wednesday, finally get back in action. This Sunday in prime time, away to Everton. And to preview the Everton FA Cup fixture, it's my good friend from Amazing Avenue, Thomas Henderson. Thomas, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing okay. So I guess we have to give you credit for not, you know, as an American, not rooting for one of the obvious Premier League teams. And I guess also we have to give you credit for not rooting for Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> So how did you become an Everton fan? Um, so it's actually a pretty fun story. Um, I always liked the sport, but I never had an avenue to get into it because my, my parents didn't care about it. And um, it was just something that I watched from afar. And I'm a very sport or I mean, I'm a very team oriented, orientated fan. Like I have a favorite team for each sport and that's how I really watch it. So when I started watching soccer, sorry for calling it soccer, but this is <laughs> it is an American show, so. Exactly. <laughs> but um, I was using Newcastle as my like taxi team, which was I was just watching them every week and looking around the league to be like, who should I like? Who, who would I find an affinity for? Well, you'll probably see them and at I, their best while playing Newcastle. So, except, well, that's probably what what ruined it because they they won. Everton mm -hmm. won that game. But um, so I was watching a few teams and I just didn't feel a connection with any of them as weird as that sounds. And then I watched Everton. I was like, Oh, I like this for some reason. I don't know what it was. It was like, it was at Goodison park. It was like the crowd was into it. It was just something that was very, like I could see myself rooting for a team like this. And then I did. And now they're the Liverpool Mets. So, <laughs> and, and I'm a Mets fan. So <laughs> that was a happy coincidence, I guess. But like, it was just one of those things where I watched them and it clicked. Like, I realized that this was just something that I would enjoy. And then I have been watching them and complaining about them ever since. So, not here much, we are. Not much to complain about this year. The six, no, they're in, good. six in the Premier yeah. League. Uh, top of the table, as you were reminding me towards the beginning of the season. Bit of a down <laughs> period uh, yeah. in late fall. Things seem to be picking up. What were your expectations coming into the season? Obviously, some big signings. So uh, a big manager. So the manager is what really upped my excitement more than anything else, because he's not someone who should be at Everton, really. If you want to be if you want to be honest about it, like I'm not quite sure why he chose Everton. Like it doesn't really make sense to me on its face, but he did. And it's very clear that he's the reason why they're they are where they are, even though the team is pretty solid because it's it's a thin team like. I'm sure they're going to play a lot of subs on, I mean, a lot of squad rotation guys on Sunday when they play Wednesday, just because the squad, the, the, um, the, the fixtures get very thick. Like there's like four games in 12 days starting from Sunday. So they're going to have to rotate a lot. And it's very thin when they got to ro rotate a lot. And like, they just won a game with a false nine in the premier league. <laughs> so like, it's just something that, that the manager's real good. And he knows what he's doing, and it's something that they're going to build towards the future because they're willing to spend some money, and they're going to build the team out. It's just, I kind of expect them to be solid and like make a cup run or something, but 
I think how the how weird this year has been has really spurned them into becoming a top six side with a game in hand and like actually have a real shot at Europe, which is something I didn't expect now. Like I expected it in like a year or two, maybe. So you say that you might be focused on the league rather than the cup. And that seemed to be the case against Waltham as you put quite a, a weak inside out um, and, and you struggled, right? It was a, a yep. one, one after 90 minutes. So do you think uh, he'll have learned from that? Or do you think he's going to continue fo- focusing on the league and, and putting out a, a weak inside against Wednesday or Sunday? I would be surprised if they play a full strength side on Sunday. I would like it. I wouldn't be surprised if they're on the bench and they come in late if it's close or if they're losing or something like that. But to start, I would be pretty shocked if they don't have rotation guys come in and really try to just win a game and save their starters for the league. Who have you got coming up? Which, which game after that is it? A midweek game you got? Um, let me look up the exact order. Because it, like, like I said, it gets a little congested um, yeah. because of how how crazy the. Uh... We're the same. We've got we've got midweek games afterwards too, <clears throat> uh, but we're not in the luxury of being able to rest players. I don't think. Or <laughs> 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 well, we, we had to rest players against Exeter, and uh, we we couldn't even fill a bench. We had thirty people on the bench. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I think it's everyone's finding this season tough, and it, it seems strange. It's still continuing, really. And like, like oh yeah, like Jeff alluded to at the beginning, if it still goes ahead, that is. I mean, we haven't played. Uh, in over a week now um and our training ground all just opened up a few days ago after having the covid uh, shut down so what states our players will be in will be anyone's guess um and they're not the most disciplined of a uh, group either so <laughs> <laughs> so after getting a game postponed last weekend so they ha- ever never played in a long time either they play on the 27th against leicester the 30th against newcastle and then february 2nd against leeds so it's like right. it's so congested that I'd be shocked if they play starters just because you're going to have to play your starters in those three games to keep up, to keep pace with everyone else at the top of the league. And like, they should be able to win with their rotation guys. But I said that about Rotherham and then it was (laughs) in extra time and they won because of subs. So like it might just be close again because that's how Everton seems to care about the cup at this stage. So assuming they don't start like, the big names, you know, Calvert-Lewin and Decore and, and, and Hamas Rodriguez, maybe Richarlison. Who do you think will be the the key for Everton? Maybe a maybe a deeper squad rotation player or a fringe starter? Davies. Tom Davies is going to mm-hmm. be someone that they really are going to rely on in the midfield. The midfield is going to be him and um, probably Andre Gomez. And um, that you never know what that's going to be. That's either going to be really good or it's going to be really bad. Um Tosun is going to play up top, and he looked kind of okay sometimes. And that's kind of the level of competition he should be playing. Like he's not a he's he's not a Premier League player, I don't think. But well, we don't have playing. necessarily have championship center backs. So no, yeah. So like like he should be fine up top. But I wouldn't be surprised if Charleston is on the bench. I don't think uh, Calvert Lewin will be because he was hurt. He mm-hmm. hurt his hamstring, and he shocker. Missed. Yeah. <laughs> he uh he missed last game and Richarlison was like doubt like he barely even could play 25 minutes um last time they were they they played so he should be healthier now but still they should probably hold off on them it's just going to be one of those things where they're going to have to be very disciplined and they're going to have to be very um it's going to be a defense first game i think they're going to have to just make sure they keep a clean sheet cuz i don't think pickford's going to play either it'll probably be um Robin Olsen, which might not be that much of a downgrade. So, um, 
yeah, it's, it's going to be something that they're really going to have to keep Wednesday in check from their attack and then just build out from there, which I don't think should be a problem, but you never know. So it's interesting to figure out what kind of performance we're going to get uh, out of each of the clubs, really, because we just had a good result against Exeter, but that's Exeter. Uh, you guys have been playing one well in the league recently, um, and you had a, a struggled against Rotherham in the Cup. So, like I say, it, it, I think it could go either way. Um, but I expect to lose. I agree. <laughs> I expect <laughs> to win, but if, if Everton lose, I'd be like, yeah, that's about right for how they handle everything and how um, they kind of are focusing on the league and trying to make Europe, I think. I think that's the goal right now, more so than winning a trophy. I think they really want to finish in the top six and build from there because that's an. I think that's an easier way to recruit other players too. Like, like recruiting someone with a, with a domestic trophy is cool, but saying you get to play in Europe is a lot more of a pull. So I think that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, like pointing to the FA Cup runners-up trophy in the... Uh... Yeah, <laughs> doesn't exactly put it as much as we're going to. Well, I mean, I guess we're going to Ludigrits. It's not that even. We're going to Lazio. I feel like. Whatever. So, you've already sort of made a prediction, I guess, that Everton's going to beat Wednesday. I know it's a really hot take, but uh, <laughs> what do you? What, what? Where do you actually think they finish the rest of the season? I know it's such a weird league this year, especially. You know, given the circumstances and the and the fixture congestion, and they've already kind of had a little blip because it's not the the deepest squad in in the world. But have, are you kind of like, would you be disappointed if they don't end up in a European place? I think as of right now, yes. But if two guys get hurt, I'll be like, okay, like they didn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like it's so tough because they really need their starting their full starting group to stay healthy in order to stay in the top six just because of how many games they're going to have to play and how congested the league is and how good the league is. Like the league is still good, even though it's been a weird year. Like it's, it's not like, like Chelsea is below them in the league. And I wouldn't be surprised if Chelsea leapfrogs them at this point. And even though Chelsea looks kind of bad, like I would be a little disappointed with no Europe, but also I think this is a very good first step towards being good again. It's just something that they haven't really had in years because they've just had a cycle of managers that were kind of boring and didn't do much and spent a lot of money and got Gilfie Sigerson for it. So, like, I think this is a very good first step towards being good, but I would be a little disappointed if they don't make Europe just because of where we are now and almost like halfway through January. What kind of um, can we expect from as far as uh, formation goes? Uh, with your with the team on Saturday, on Sunday, sorry. Uh, do you tend to play do, regardless of the players? Is there a system in place uh, that Antosi's put in, and do you all kind of like tend to play that same system, or is it does it change uh, based on your opponents and your squad? It, it usually changes. They'll 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 shift around stuff. Like I said, they didn't play. They played without a striker last game. Like they played with a full false nine. I don't think they'll do that this game. But like they'll kind of. They've been running wing wing backs a lot recently with Alexi Wobi at one spot because of injuries. Like that's how thin the squad is, but it's kind of worked. But you're gonna see stuff that's kind of weird, I think, sometimes. Like you're gonna see a lot of like wing backs and center backs, like a very defensive squad. He kind of changes stuff around mid game in terms of he'll take off a striker and put on a on a defender and change the formation kind of in the middle of a game if they're winning. So like 
it'll be interesting to see what they do like in terms of how they start because sometimes i gotta look at it when the game starts i'm like oh okay this is what they're running today because they they really just want to run something with like one striker up top and like two wingers and everything else is kind of normal but then they'll kind of shift around stuff due to injury and i think they might shift around stuff due to squad rotation i like that when Everton have injuries, need a wing back. It's Alex Awobi, and when Wednesday yep. have injuries and need a wing back, it's Modus Odebajo. <laughs> I feel like that's a slight difference in uh <laughs> in level there. Yeah, and he's positive. been weirdly good at it. Iwobi, like I, when it first happened, I was like, "Oh boy, this is going to be a disaster," <laughs> and he was kind of not bad. And I was like, "Oh okay, well, that works." <laughs> I mean, like I feel like Premier League wing backs are just basically wingers, and he can be a winger. So yeah, oh yeah, for sure, like. They played a fullback at left mid at one point. Like, last I don't game. expect they're expecting like Alex Wobie to defend much from that. No, right? yeah. Like, they're pretty much running some type of like 4 3 3 with wing backs and like just letting them run and cross shit over the middle of the field and call it a day. <laughs> like, like, that. that's really what they want out of their fullbacks. And um, the center backs have been really good this year. And I wonder if Godfrey's going to start because he's been, he's been really good and he's, you could start Keen and, um, Yerry Mina in the league. So then you could start Godfrey in this game, you know? So they have, that's where I think their most depth is at, is at center back straight up because you have three good ones and Godfrey's been playing all around the back four. And I would like, I would like to see him play because he's just been very good, but he's been starting in the league. So I wonder what they're going to do back there. It's, it's going to be an interesting squad because it's, they're going to, they're going to have to be creative in order to keep everyone fresh for, how many games there have in two weeks assuming no cancellations because that's no guarantee that all those games even play patty do you know that Seamus coleman is still on everton he's good yeah, I, I signed him on my fantasy team um is, is one of my uh, mainstays of the last 10 years of fantasy is <laughs> Seamus coleman each time he's, he's just um he still does some business for me he's all right isn't he yes jeff loves to slander him <laughs> in my dms it, but i love him <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how old is he now? Just like early thirties, you think? Thirty-two. Right, so it might be the last year he gets my fantasy team. Maybe the last year he gets an Everton's team, but um, yeah, still dependable. Yeah, they, they they want to upgrade on him, but he's pretty much like their new. He's been here forever, guy. So does, does he still take the free kicks and stuff, or has he been uh, shunned down the list on that one? Oh, he does not really. I feel like when you have James Rodriguez, you have him yeah. take the free kicks. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Seamus goes. Um, uh, back with James. <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> and then even uh then when Gilfie comes on, he'll take them over. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the one thing he's very good at, even when he's up and down, because he's been very inconsistent his whole Everton career, but he could take a set piece and he does it very well. How weird is it watching Hamas Rodriguez in an Everton shirt? I like also he was on a he they got him on a free transfer. Right. Which which they confirmed like a week ago because they were talking about their January plans, which is sell people. But um like it's so weird because, again, he's only here because they have a world class manager who used to manage him. Like he wouldn't have given Everton a second look, but he's here because they managed to get Carlo Ancelotti, and here we are. So, it's awesome. It's so fun. He's hurt a lot, but I don't really care. Because um, <laughs> when he is playing, it's like, oh, how did he do that? Like three times a game, and he doesn't even like really run around much. Like he can. But he's so good with like just picking out passes, and his vision is just unreal. He's very clearly like you see why he was a world class player, like at the international level. 
Do you know what the lowest a team with Thomas Rodriguez on it has ever finished in the league is, Thomas? I don't want to know. It's definitely like two. It is second, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is... Uh, you stepped down. <laughs> <laughs> I love how the Wednesday fan is mocking you, Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, you signed a world-class midfielder on a free who's won seven league titles in his career. <laughs> what a joke. <laughs> What's the last time we had a Champions League winner on a... Wednesday was Royston Drenth? Royston Drenth, though, yeah. I was did, did he have a medal participation? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I don't know if he was. Maybe Erby Malignison might have won something with AC Milan. But did yeah. he actually play for he us? He didn't actually play for Wednesday. <laughs> it was a no. weird signings. It was. Yeah, he must have. I don't know. He may have won Milan. He won a league title with Milan. Now that I'm looking at his He did not. Uh, no, he had one appearance with Sheffield Wednesday. He played Irby, 17 yeah, yeah. minutes, yeah. That's Landon Donovan and Everton numbers. Yeah. He probably had like 100 grand for that one appearance out of us. <laughs> I love it. Ajax, Milan, Atalanta, <laughs> Roma, Verona, Sheffield Wednesday, Utrecht. Yeah. <laughs> one of these is not like the other. Not so much. All right. Well, Thomas, thanks for coming on and good luck on Sunday. Well, I would say, well, actually, yes, you too. Good luck on Sunday, because if you win, I'll definitely be rooting for you because Jeff will be in my DMs if I don't. Patty, do we have any other business? We got nothing. There's nothing to talk about, Jeff. We talked about this last week. It is disappointing that there's not like an Everton Wednesday meetup. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, if you if you are planning to meet socially distanced and uh, respectfully in wherever an outdoor venue you can find, I know the New Orleans Owls tend to meet up occasionally, but um, I haven't heard from Jamie this week. Uh, first of all, look on our website, look on our social media feeds. Um, we'll publish anything that you send us. Um, obviously, it's not necessarily the uh, best climate to be having meetups right now, and that's the sad thing about this whole thing. Um, so let us know if you have any news. Uh, <laughs> we'll try we'll push it out on social media we're desperate for news guys give us content you've got a cheeky Sheffield Wednesday managerial bet <laughs> <laughs> if you put 100 bucks on Darren Moore let us know but you've been listening to episode 123 of the Owls Americast we're on the internet at owlsamericas.com you can email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at owlsamericas our podcast intro and bumpers are by fellow Wednesdayites, Reverend of the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. And wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americast, we ask that you rate and review the show. It helps more Wednesdayites find our ramblings. Patty is on Twitter at New York Owls and at Patty A. Jones. Patty, who will be the next Champions League winner to play for Sheffield Wednesday? <laughs> Uh ooh, is it? Mm. 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 I was thinking then. Oh well, and I think there's more chance of a Champions League winner being a manager of Sheffield mm. Wednesday. Um, Interesting. I was thinking Brendan Rodgers might be a Champions League winner at some point in his career, in his uh, young really? managerial career, and he's a Sheffield Wednesday. Sure. Fan. And then he, he can come to us. I think Vardy's probably gone past that stage where. He, you could win a Champions League and play for Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, they might get back in. I don't know. That Leicester team is really. 
They could get yeah. in this year, definitely. Um, yeah, they I could get in. I just don't know if they're like a, a Champions League winning side at this point. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> it's it's a long shot, Jeff. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, I think Brendan Rodgers might be our closest bet. <laughs> you don't think that like uh, uh, Lionel Messi is going to show up in uh, Wednesday colors at some point? I do not. No, I do not. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I guess there could be like a... I mean, the only really, you know, British teams that have won recently are Liverpool, but I don't know. We could get one of those Liverpool subs, you know, like the young kids that are on loan. Mm. They've got like a medal. That, sure. That's probably more achievable than Brendan right. Rodgers. Thinking about it. I feel like Alex Oxley-Chamberlain uh, could show up on Sheffield Wednesday at some point. <laughs> yeah, might find his level at Wednesday. Yeah. I'd take him. I feel like New York Red Bulls have more chance of signing uh, Champions League winners <laughs> than Chiffre Wednesday do at the moment. Ten years from now, we get Divock Origi or something. <laughs> God, what aspiration. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We can pin our hopes on Divock Origi coming to us when he's 40 years old. Uh, well, the more Divock Origi chat, because probably won't be much else in terms of Wednesday news next week.